Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're technically looking at chapter 7, uh, 1 through um, 16, but because for uh, lack of time today, I'm going to just summarize it and give you my high point for today. Paul has been talking about uh, all these comforting things, and in chapter 6, we saw the You know, we ourselves are the temple of the living God. And so we have comfort in the endurance of Christ, the power of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, and this assurance that God will dwell in us. He will be our Father. And so, and we will be His sons and daughters. We come to chapter 7, and um, Paul gives his joy. Uh, it's a very personal part, um, and he's talking about the forgiveness that we have. Um, and he's talking about making room in your hearts. Uh, verse Chapter 7, verse 1, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Of course, the fear of God, as we saw back in Proverbs, Chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of God is the beginning of all knowledge. So as we learn more and more about the life of Christ, the holiness of Christ, the Holy Spirit of Christ, um, and the promises that we have in Christ, and as we got through saying, the comfort that we have in Christ, the endurance and the power and the righteousness of Christ, as we have all those things, That should bring holiness in our life. And what does that holiness bring? That brings us to live lives that really, really justify the forgiveness that we have have now in Christ, that we have not earned. And he mentions that forgiveness, he talks about beginning in godly grief and then to repenting. And he he makes the point that it's really between you and God. It's not about anyone else. Whether they don't forgive you or not, God will forgive you. So that your earnestness for God might be 
revealed. So let me just touch on a few verses that illustrate this. Chapter 7, verse 10, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas a worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves. He's talking about forgiveness, what it looks like when put into action. A repentant heart, a repentant life without regrets. That's comforting to know. Verse 12, so although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong. In other words, they had some sin. They had a a brother in this church that was sinning. He did something really perverted. He was having a sexual relationship with his mother-in-law. I think that was the case. Or at least that's what I remember McGee saying. Well, anyway, there was sin in the church. They couldn't forgive him. So Paul's been leading this whole letter to them, writing this letter to them, talking about the, the comfort that we have in Christ, but also because we have that comfort in Christ that we are forgiven, we've got to learn how to forgive one another. And the letter Paul's writing is not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, or the one who suffered the wrong. He's not writing all that. He's not trying to play gotcha. He's not trying to find out who was right or wrong. He's trying to find out their earnestness to forgive, to be able to comfort somebody else as they have been comforted in Christ. It's forgiveness in action. What is the gospel message? The gospel message is forgiveness. So to put the gospel message into action, we can't just receive it. We have to give it. And it's not just giving the message. It's giving forgiveness. It's being able to receive a sinner back as forgiven. It begins with godly grief. It it continues with a repentant heart. But it's between, it's between you and God. Doesn't matter if the other person accepts or doesn't accept. If God accepts, if God forgives, then we do too. And that, to me, was one of the real high points of this. So... I'm going to stop here. I know it was an abbreviated version, but it was really late for me tonight to record. So I'm going to turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali, and look forward to hearing what she's got to say today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of 2 Corinthians, this really personal letter of Paul. And as always, our prayers go out for sweet Emma and sweet Jean.
Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 16. So this chapter is very personal to Paul. Like we said yesterday, um, when we saw how Paul brooded over the Corinthians in chapter 6, verse 11, where he says, All Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you our heart is wide open so the promises that paul the promises that are in the mind of paul are the ones that he has given you know he has just actually given been talking about in chapter six and um let me just read where he talks about the promises. That's verse 1 of chapter 7. Say he, Paul says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So these promises that Paul's talking about here, um, he, he talks about in chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Let me just read that. And it says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what isn't clean and I will receive you. Verse 18, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So Paul is not saying that if one doesn't come out to be separate, one loses their salvation. So he's saying that if one doesn't come out and lives a clean life, that God can treat one as a son or a daughter. So God wants to treat us like a father to us. And then um, verse 1 also talks about cleansing ourselves. And cleansing ourselves is done by the power of the Holy Spirit when we deal with those things in our lives. So Paul also goes on to say, from all filthiness, all sin is filthiness. All sin is actually filthiness. We can't say this sin is not filthy. But he divides sin in here to the filthiness of the flesh and the filthiness of the spirit. So the difference here between the sins of the spirit and the uh, sins of the flesh is as follows. So the sins of the flesh are what we commit in the body. So this is unholy lust, unbridled appetite, drunkenness, lasciviousness, gluttony, lusting, inordinate affection after the wrong things. And today we are in... A world that's giving a lot of respect to the flesh. And we have this in Habakkuk. And that's Habakkuk 2 verse 15. Just turn it. it reads. Um, Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor. Pressing him to your bottle. Even to make him drunk that you may look on his nakedness 
in Proverbs 23. That's Proverbs 23, verse 31. It reads, Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. Okay, so... Um, these two talk about, you know, the sins of the flesh, alcohol, drunkenness is what we're talking about. And today, you know, people say alcohol is okay, but scripture says these are sins of the flesh. So then we see some of the sins of the spirit. Some of the sins of the spirit are gossip, slander against you know, some other Christian. You know, they say... A sword will stab you and all, but imagine like a a quick tongue that slanders how much damage it will do. So um, here, you know, this is what we have, like, a, um, you know, the sins of the spirit, that's gossip, slander against some Christian brother, you know, vanity, haughtiness, unbelief. And we have a lot of saints of the church who um, wouldn't get drunk. Not even one little drop of alcohol, but they are the biggest gossips. So we are to follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's, um, you know, the writer to the Hebrews. So Christ is our righteousness and holiness. Our lives and his perfect, perfection are far, you know, our lives actually and Christ's perfection are very, very far apart. And God wants us to be holy. So let's live in the light of God. And let us be indwelt with the Holy Spirit in order to live a life um, closer to perfect as God intended. Verse 2 goes on to read, Open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. We have um, corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. So Paul here, you know, um, he could say, he could actually say this and... Um, a lot of preachers today, can they actually say this? We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. No, because um, we have a lot, you know, of deacons and pastors today who actually use the offering money for a purpose that wasn't intended for it to be used. So we, as children of God, are not to take up offerings for God's things and then use them for other things. So Paul could say, you know, We've corrupted no man. We've defrauded no man. So can the man of God say this today? Verse 3 goes on to read. <laughs> um, Open your hearts to us. We have wronged... Sorry, verse 3. Um, I do not say this to condemn, for I have said before that you are in our hearts or die together and to live together. So here, 
um, at verse 3, Paul, he actually loved these people with his whole heart. He loved them wholeheartedly. And um, he's saying this, you know, out of love. He's not saying this out of spite or anything like that. Verse 4 goes on to read, Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am fulfilled with comfort. I am exhausted. Uh, sorry, I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulations. So the background of this is Paul is... Paul in his first epistle in that's in the first Corinthians. He actually wrote a very sharp letter, you know, condemning these people. So he called he called them out. He called them carnal Christians. Um, he called them babes in Christ. And you know, you know, there was actually gross morality among them in the church. Then. And um, he, Paul, he told them to deal with the issue instead of them just complaining and whining and all. And in, he told them to deal with the issue in their church. And they had dealt with it. And then Titus met him in Philippi and told him that the church had dealt with it. And that the man had actually repented. And Paul wrote... Um, and he actually wrote to them and told them that they were to receive this man now and not actually remove him from their fellowship. So now here Paul begins to actually brood over this, you know, what he had said, how he had written the letter and thinks he was too harsh. And, you know, the word of God is inspired scripture and what Paul wrote was inspired by God. So Paul was writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul here was um, rebuking himself because he was... um, Paul was actually just rebuking himself because he he was human. But God had him write like he did to these peoples to actually show them and to show Paul how human... Um, how human Paul was and how loving and tender God is. Okay. Verse 6 goes on to read, Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus, verse 7, and not only by his coming, but also by the conclusion with which he was comforted in any when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal, um, your zeal for me, so that I rejoice even more. Okay. So here, God used a man to actually comfort Paul. So God used Titus. So Paul and we today can actually help. Oh, sorry, yeah, God used Titus rather to comfort 
Paul. And today, you and me, you know, even the man of God in church can use some faith of God to actually just come and just provide words of comfort and encouragement. Okay, verse 7 goes on to read, and not by only, and not only by the, by his coming, but um, also by the consolidation with, sorry, um, also by the consolidation with which he was comforted in you when he told us of your earnest desire, your moaning, your zeal for me so that I rejoiced even more. So God's comforted Titus and Titus comforted Paul. So, you know, it's always nice because you don't know what someone might be going through. You know, the little random acts of kindness that we show people. So it's always good to actually say something nice to somebody. It might just actually be a comfort to them. Okay. Verse 8 goes on to read. For even if I made you sorry with you, my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it. For I perceived that the same epistle made you uh, made you sorry, though only for a while. Verse nine. Now I rejoice that um. So verse nine goes on to read. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss. Um, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. So here, repentance. What is repentance? It's actually, um, you know, it's, 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 it's change. Real repentance is a change of mind. And, um, yeah, so real repentance requires change. And so real repentance and shedding tears are not the same thing. You know, a lot of people tend to think, you know, they preach a touching sermon or they sing a very touching song and people shed tears and people, and people tend to think, oh, they have repented. No, it's not about that. You know, but they do go hand in hand. But they aren't the same thing. Verse 10 goes on to read, For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be... Um, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. So real repentance is a change of mind. So God, the only... Repentance, he asks, of the lost is belief. And belief um, so the only repentance he asks of 
they lost his belief and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, how you turned to God from idols. This was a change of mind. So they worked, they worked like so. They, um, so, um, they actually, when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, yeah, he said, how you turned to God from idols. So this was the change of mind. This worked like so. So they first turned to Christ because they were lost. And they needed to turn to Christ. And Paul preached Christ to them. And, you know, Paul didn't go and start preaching against the idols. He just went in and preached Christ. And when they preached, when he preached Christ, they turned to Christ. And this was one of the places Paul had his greatest ministries. And when they turned to Christ, um... So when they turned to Christ and when they turned to Christ in faith, um, they actually turned from idols. And the turning from idols is repentance. And this is for the unsaved. So God emphasizes Christ to the unsaved and to the believers. God says to them, repent if they are going the wrong direction. Okay, verse 11 and 12. Sorry. Read. Verse 11 and 12. Sorry about that. It's been a long day. Verse 11 reads, For observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner, that what diligence is produced in you. What uh, clearing of yourself, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desires, um, geez, let's see, sorry, let me just read, um, let me just read that again, for Observe that, for observe this very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourself. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What vindication. In all things you proved yourself to be clear in this matter. Verse 12. Therefore, although I wrote to you, I did not do it for the sake of him who had done the wrong, nor for the sake of him who suffered wrong, but for our care for um, for you in the sight of God might appear to you. So... He goes on to actually commend them, the Corinthians, that they really turn to God and this is repentance. Lots of believers need to actually repent today, not just shed tears. They actually need to really repent. Verse 15 goes on to read, and I'll drop down to all the way to the end of this chapter. 
are just purged through. Therefore, we have been comforted in your comfort and we are rejoiced exceedingly more um exceedingly more for the joy of Titus because his spirit is um exceedingly more for the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all verse 14 for if in anything I have boasted to him about you I am not ashamed but as we spoke all things to you in truth even in our boasting to Titus who found truth verse 15 and his affections are greater for you are um for let me see um for let me just read that again for if in anything i have boasted in him about you i am not ashamed but as we spoke all things to you in truth even in our boasting to titus we found true and that's verse 15 now and his affections are greater for you as he remembers the obedience of all um he remembers the obedience of you all how with fear and trembling you received him. Verse 16. Therefore I rejoice that I have confidence in you in everything. So here Paul opens his heart. Here completely opens his heart. And this section here is very, very personal. And here is Paul's... Um, so his... Sorry, his affection is, is towards the people. So pause open as his heart here is very, very um, personal. So he's, here is God's comfort in Paul's heart. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all very much for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.